Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of Everything in Me. I wanted to talk um, about something that is unfortunately very near and dear to my heart, Um, something that I struggle with, something that is very real, something that's continuing to show up in my life in different ways. And I thought it was very useful because I think a lot of people do struggle with the same thing, but they don't necessarily recognize it or understand the cycle or how just difficult it can be to um, correct the behavior, deal with the trauma. You know, family trauma comes in so many different ways. And by family trauma, I mean specifically those individuals you personally have grown around with, maybe that you're related to or really close to, that has been a consistent uh, member of your circle for quite a while, whether you're in control of it, as in you've invited them, you have a relationship with them, or um, you're not necessarily all the way in control of it because they're a sibling or a, um, um, a you know a mother, a father, whatever it may be. So, I think when you're talking about family trauma, it's important to say that with any kind of trauma or any kind of um, experience that you may have that is unwanted, you have to understand the background of the individual in which you're engaging with. So a lot of times people may point the blame at the person that they see in front of them as far as whoever that person may be. And this person is, you know, really driving them up a wall that they are picking on them or verbally abusive in some cases. Um, They are just really not high functioning Um, Do you struggle with creating a healthy relationship with them? I think it's important to understand why this person is the way that they are. Sometimes it's evident, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. Um, We are all creatures of our past. You know, our past is really what engulfs us. I will say that does not in any way, shape or form um, say that I condone any type of form of abuse in any way, shape or form. Um, I think it's, it's quite demeaning and very, very much a trigger for me. Um, I personally have gone through a lot of family trauma being that, um, my family, a lot, like a lot of families, um, have a lot of secrets, have a lot of things that they're not necessarily happy about, um, have a lot of things that they struggle with, things that they wish they could have done differently. And so here you are creating this historical, um, just plentiful of just secrets, lies, judgments, um, non-supportiveness, you know, criticism, things of that nature. And once you have those environments in which you're breeding life into, because it's coming from so many different areas, it's very hard to see how toxic or just how, for lack of better words, crazy, you know, your circle or the people in which you grew up with or associate with really are. Now, I think it's also important to understand something I say, and sometimes it can seem a little harsh, um, but your family and those around you are humans. They're humans first. God has just chosen them to be your family. It is very, very normal, or it is very, very important to recognize how keeping people away from you or choosing your energy wisely um, is important, regardless of who they are, where they come from what they look like, how what they've done for you. If you notice that your behavior, your energy, your overall well-being is diminished due to the fact that they're not now in your life or they're playing a part in your life, I think it's important to reevaluate that relationship 
and understand the boundaries that need to take um, take into effect. Also communicating, um, you know, the distance that you're now putting into the relationship. Super important. Uh, from personal experience, my mother and I have a, a strange relationship in, in a certain sense because in some ways I believe we are alike, but a lot of ways I think we're very different because once I was growing up, I realized just how hurt she was as a person. So she's an alcoholic and she smokes um, cigarettes all day. And at a young age, I recognized I didn't condone the behavior. So that was a hit because I didn't purchase any of her alcohol. I didn't purchase any of her cigarettes. I purposely made it a point to keep my distance and just not engage in that sense. Um, and I was very vocal about that. Um, my mom is a very... She's like the matriarch of our family and, you know, does make a lot of decisions and is very blunt, very sure of herself, um, very strong, very independent. I mean, she can, she can, you know, lay down the law really quick, but the way in which she does that, the methods and how she does that, you know, using her voice, using anger, um, using negative language or diminishing someone's, you know, um, self-esteem, you know, very narcissistic. There's different things in which she has consistently um, shown me in, in multitude of different ways at different points in my life that she isn't exactly the best uh, example or um, person I should keep into my in my corner. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't love my mom. That doesn't mean I, you know, want the best for her. I just choose to remove myself majority of the time when it engulfs, you know, opportunities for her and I to connect. And a part of it, I mean, is some childhood hurt, I guess you can say, where, you know, when I was younger, she did disappoint me in showing up for me and, and motivating me and seeing the greatness that is in me. And a lot of it was due to her past. Um, she, her mother died when, before I was born. And um, she struggled with that because she felt um, like she had unresolved issues with her that she could be the one to take care of her and, you know, wasn't happy with her living situation. So just being in that, that, that mindset really threw her off. Um, but there's a lot of things that she, you know, holds on to from things that have happened in the family that she's either witnessed or, um, had the, the conversations about it or heard about it. And that burden has then led to her drinking issue. And, it's caused her to be very verbally abusive whenever she is drinking. And as the years have gone by, she's more unapologetic. I have created a boundary with her. Definitely have a lot of distance. We actually live a lot closer now than I think we have in a while, but I still keep my distance. Um, I do phone her every so often if necessary. We're currently going through a death in the family, um, which is her brother, my uncle. And so we're having to engage a little, a lot more, but even in that experience, completely keeping about, keeping it about what exactly matters, nothing personal. I have approached her about discussing, you know, things that happened between us that I felt unsettling, unsettled about. And, you know, her way of thinking is a lot different, but one thing I can guarantee you, she hasn't changed. She has not changed. And I think something to keep in mind whenever you're addressing family trauma, um, especially with your elders, is that they've lived their life. 
you know, they've been able to be on this earth and experience things that we haven't necessarily experienced yet. I'm 30 years old. My mom is 70. And, um, you know, she's been able to experience things that I haven't. And I have to understand, I can't take this life for granted. I may not get to 70. So whatever I have to do to create an environment in which that is positive, which is healthy, which is um, promoting me to do greater and bigger and better things for my kids and my kids' kids and things of that nature, that's what makes me tick. That makes me happy. Um, Now, having trauma within your family can certainly leave a big chip on your shoulder. It can really alter your overall energy, your headspace, everything in between. So it's very important for you to take care of yourself, handle what you need to handle, discuss the things you need to discuss, um, explore opportunities on how to um, deal with the trauma in a healthy way or in a productive way. Because I think a lot of people turn to a lot of different um, gateway drugs, as you want to call it, or alcoholism, or just becoming the, the negative person in their family because of what everything they've been through. I think it's very important for you know everyone to take that self-care and, and acknowledge the fact that they may or may not have gone through some very traumatic things and they deserve to be heard. They deserve to be valued and to be loved. And just because your family doesn't understand you or they may have done you wrong or they may have you know put you in a predicament or a place where you didn't want to be, that does not mean that you are unworthy, that does not, that does not dictate your value. God dictates your value. And in his eyes, you are his child and you are right with him because he created you. So, you know, once you're able to realize the freedom you have in disassociating from, um, the trauma and the experience and knowing that the power that you have to overcome these things in a way that can stop that cycle, um, it definitely takes on a whole different avenue. So for instance, you know, the experiences that I've had with, for instance, my mom, or even just the lack of experiences I've had with my father have definitely shown up in my life in different ways. So my father is a very hardworking man, always working, forever working every day, all the time, which then results in the, um, the lack of appearance in my life, the lack of knowledge that I know of him and who he is as a man and what he's been through. I think I spoke about this a while back, um, one of my episodes, but essentially that then create this really big, um, this gap that I had a man who was living in my home or not in my home, but who I was living with or under their roof, whatever you want to call it at the time, where I felt like I didn't even know. I didn't even connect with them. You know, they just kind of swooped in and swooped out, you know, and they tiptoed around my mom at times and then they broke up and, you know, I really was estranged. You know, I would speak to them on the phone, but I didn't really have a relationship. And it wasn't until I always knew this, like, cause it's kind of common knowledge. If you don't have access to some sort of male or role model in general, um, you're going to struggle with identifying them, um, recognizing what you deserve what you don't deserve, how to interact with them, things of that nature, knowing your self-worth, your self-esteem. There's so much that goes into it. So I knew that was the case, but I also knew that because I recognized the flaws that existed in my mom, I actually started to seek out 
different women. And I, you know, here comes my dream team, you know, these different individuals who played such a major role in raising me and guiding me and understanding me and helping me understand myself. Um, and just pointing those things out for me. Now, when it came to my experiences with men, I really did not have a great picture as to what that should look like and what that should be. I knew just my personality type. I wasn't necessarily the, you know, housewife style. Like I was very 50, 50, still very independent, took after my mom in that sense. Um, but when it came to the intricacies of, you know, coexisting, communicating, compromising, all those different things, it, I struggle with it. I, you know, have controlling tendencies and like to be very dominant in that sense, but in a relationship, you're going to have to give and take. And so adapting to that person's kind of style and expectations and things of that nature, I struggle with because in my household, you know, my mom pretty much ran the show and she was very, very vocal, very, very adamant about things. Uh, my father also a tourist and, you know, as much as he would put his foot down or he would navigate things, he was very smart. He's a very smart businessman, but he's not for the, you know, um, the raising of your voice and the arguing and the screaming and the yelling and that stuff just runs rampant. The anger that exists in my family, it's unlike any other. But knowing what I know now about anger and fear and just the vulnerability of it all and the fact that the rah, rah, rah comes from see me, hear me, protect me, you know, I have to fight for myself. My mom's a survivor. And what I mean by that is that she came to this country with nothing and had to navigate life by herself and make a way for her family having two smaller kids at home in Jamaica. And so her mentality is a lot different than mine. And I've had to learn from her flaws. I've had to learn from her triggers, her trauma, things of that nature. And I've also had to sit with my trauma and recognize that, you know, I have a hard time letting people show up for me because my mom never did. Or I have a hard time navigating certain relationships because I feel like I, there's a gray area there. There wasn't really, it wasn't really clear as to what, you know, that should be like, or what does that show up as, um, when it comes to family and sharing your business, I mean, people on the island, I think that's a big, um, a big thing that comes up a lot is like, don't tell nobody your business. Like, don't tell anyone what you're doing, where you're going, what you're working on, how much money you got, what job you have. Just keep it bare minimum. There's no sense of community, no sense of love and just unconditionalness and togetherness. And I yearn for that. That's, that's something that I definitely yearn for in different ways. And I've tried with my family. I've definitely tried to bring us together and let's do this for a family because we're all related and this is blood and blah, blah, blah. And it's erupted. It's definitely erupted in my face. And now, you know, I have to pick and choose. I will say with the next generation, as far as my cousins and my nieces and nephews, we're a lot different than the, what we call the elders. Um, We're a lot different than them because we're, we're shying further and further away of that old, you know, Jamaican mentality, if you will. And we don't have those kind of same secrets and those same, um, you know, explosions and things of that nature. We know a little bit better and we all are kind of setting the tone as to, you know, how to conduct ourselves around each other and, you know, being more vocal about how we feel about one another and giving each other our privacy or our space and being a lot more lighthearted than, you know, the elders. And so, 
there's so much to learn from family trauma. It's so much to absorb. And sometimes it can be really overwhelming. It can be very exhausting, especially for those who are experiencing it firsthand all the time in their face. I think it's very important for anyone who feel as though they are or have to really, really do a self-dive and identify ways that you can just keep in your back pocket things that you're going to struggle with or things that you do struggle with and have some advocates for you and support support systems for you and resources to better help you navigate those things. Um, I have so many triggers because of the things that I've learned through my family or the expectations, the cultural difference between a lot of people. Um, of just how to navigate yourself as a woman, how to navigate yourself as a mother, as a, a friend, as whomever. And so it's very important for all of us to just do our due diligence to take care of ourselves because hurt people hurt people. And, you know, when you're talking about trauma, it's someone who's hurt and someone who is deciding to um, expose that hurt in a negative um, way. And so when you recognize that, you then have the upper hand to decide and make a choice and say, hey, I'm going to continue to do it in this manner, or I'm going to stop it in its tracks. You may not be strong enough because it's not easy. So even for me at times to go against my mom and say like, no, you're not going to talk to me in that manner. You're not going to address me in that way. You're not going to do that. And when you want to speak to me in a better way, call me and I'll pick up the phone. But what we're not going to do is not, we're not going to conduct ourselves in this way and, you know, start to be the example in which you've always needed. Um, I will say also, you know, just when it comes to trauma in general, you want to be careful. You want to be careful to not overdose yourself or not beat yourself up because it's not your fault. Um, you also have to come to terms that sometimes you can't save everybody. You can't shift them. You can't change their mind. You can't create something else, um, especially when you're dealing with people who are up there in age. It's really hard to introduce something new and for them to adopt it. They may agree with you or they may even see the point on which you're trying to make, but that doesn't mean that their old habits are not going to creep back up. So getting in the cycle or getting in the hope and you know, wanting to see that someone change um is is ideal obviously you want that but the reality is you can't guarantee it. you're not in control of that person's decision to change you can only be a, a resource or an example of sorts you know continue to work on being the best version of yourself because it truly 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 is worth it because at the end of the day while you're sitting with yourself taking accountability of your actions and what you did to contribute or not to contribute to the situation it's very important to look back and say, okay, you know what? I could have done things differently. I should have done things differently, but I didn't, but here I am. Um, so, you know, you really want to absorb as much information when it comes to different things and something as simple as just kind of taking note, you know, every time you get around this family member, they're negative, they're judgmental, you know, they're criticizing you. They're kind of attacking you. They're questioning your well-being or what you're doing with your life. And, you know, and then it kind of creates this ripple effect where no one seems to stand up for you or just no one in general seems to go there or bother them. You have a decision not to engage with that family member. It may mean, oh, it's definitely going to mean, let me not even may it. Okay. It's definitely going to mean you're going to miss out on some stuff. Okay. When it comes to family activities, when it comes to engagements, because some people are going to be able to tolerate that kind of you know, unwanted behavior. 
some people are used to it. Some people don't exactly see it where you're coming from. They may see it as, you know, um, lighthearted or just a joke, you know, not that serious, but you know, if it, if it affects your mental, your self-esteem, you feel as though it's connected to something else you've, you've dealt with or had to go through, you very well have the power to say, listen, this is not what I want in my life. I wouldn't accept it from a stranger. Why would it be okay to accept it from you? And you're my family. Um, I would definitely recommend to fill the room. Like what I mean by that is to really identify, do you have access or do you have a type of relationship in which you can approach this person and kind of address it? And just, even if it's not to solve it, it's to say, Hey, listen, I want to say that whenever you, you know, bring this up or whenever you refer to me in this way or call me this name, it really bothers me. It truly hurts me. And there's a little bit of vulnerability there, vulnerability, vulnerability there. Um, I had to get that right. Um, so you kind of want to identify, you know, am I okay? Am I comfortable in going there? Because you don't, you can't control their response. Um, but you know what your intent is and let it be pure. Let it be from a good place. And also, you know, do your checks and balances within yourself. Are you participating in this same type of behavior, maybe towards someone else that they can say, well, you don't like that I do it, but you do it to so-and-so. So how does that work? You know, you want to be prepared to kind of absorb any kind of response they may have, but understand your intent, your goal, the whole point behind you connecting with them is to say, Hey, listen, this is rubbing me the wrong way. Hurts my feelings. It, you know, brings up bad thoughts, bad feelings, and I have to deal with that later. And although we, you know, you, everyone else has laughed at it, it really does bother me. So I would highly recommend it be a personal one-on-one reach out thing. Cause you know, I'm all for the communication, but also I think it's great to identify, um, what your feelings are, sort them through, and then let them know what it is. Now, you know, acknowledging these things without any action is kind of defeating the whole purpose. So you have to then say with that, I'm going to ask that you either don't bring it up or we don't talk about it, or you leave that alone, you know, or say, let's explore why you feel this way or what, what the deal is, or why do we have to, you know, go through this kind of trauma or even say, listen, after this, I'm, my guard is up. And I don't really trust you. And I don't really feel as though you value me and it's hurtful. And so with that being said, I'm going to, you know, choose not to engage with you as often or at all. You know, it's hello, how are you? But that's, that's it because I feel as though you have no regard for anyone else's feelings. Now you very well, very well may get someone who's defensive, doesn't want to hear it. But I think the important part is to focus on you. And, and, and basically saying, Hey, I'm breaking the cycle or, Hey, I'm standing up for myself or, Hey, I'm acknowledging how, you know, hurt was done and how it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. It's, it's unacceptable. And so that way you can then better say, okay, change has to happen. This is the change. This is what I stand by. This is what is going to really help me kind of let that guilt go. Um, there are some traumas that, you know, people have been through, whether it be molestation, um, you know, unexpected childbirth, so many different other things, just vicious words that have been said, um, physical abuse, mental abuse that, you know, you may have been through. Now, my biggest thing with that is you need to be covered in love in whatever shape or form that may be covered in love. And that essentially means like backup after backup after backup, because it's with my experience 
for those who have experienced these types of traumas, um, it's something they live with. It's not something that you just boop, okay, happened then. And I, you know, I felt bad that day or two days later and I was done. It's something you live with. And so if you're able to be covered in love, it eases a little bit of the pain. It eases a little bit of the experience where you don't feel alone. You feel believed, you feel loved, you feel taken care of. You feel as though no matter what you do, you're going to be okay. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, sitting in your truth is not easy. I have a hard time sitting in my truth sometimes because, you know, the, the perception is I don't know what people are going to say, especially in this, this context, when we're talking about a podcast where I'm sharing my life, my experiences, my honest opinions, I'm up on the top of the block essentially, or I could be completely felt, heard and understood and agreed with. I really just don't know. I can't control that outcome. I'm only in control of my actions. And so, you know, there is a bit of hesitation sometimes to open up about certain things, but as time has gone on, I've been a lot more open because I want it to be evident that I'm not just speaking just to speak. I'm speaking from experience or I'm speaking from a place of complete love and concern. And, you know, it's been very therapeutic to me to kind of go back in the back of my brain and re recall certain things and really put them into pieces in a better way. Because now that I'm older or now that I have more, you know, understanding of the whole experience, I can speak on it from a different point of view. And that's really my goal, evidently, with this whole podcast is to be the advocate for people who are dealing with, with different things. I know family trauma can trigger so many things outside of that. I mean, for me personally, um, I'm not a fan of um, drugs or alcoholism, um, you know, in any way, shape or form. That stems heavily from my mom, from my brother, and because of that, how I choose the people that I'm with, um, including friends, boyfriends, whatever, I'm very strategic, I'm very cautious, I'm very um, sensitive to being in situations in which it recalls to my childhood growing up, what that was like. Um, it's, it's, it's embedded in me. It's ingrained in me where these have shaped my values and what I believe to be true. And, you know, it's definitely made, you know, certain friendships ruined. It definitely made certain experiences shorter than I wanted them to be because I recognize that this is not what I want, but I can sleep peaceful at night. <laughs> Because I know I'm not replaying the scenarios. I'm not going against my values. It's not making me uncomfortable. You know, it's really hard to sort through that information or that those those feelings. And I would I wish that I could sometimes just say, you know what, leave it alone, whatever, whatever. But sometimes it truly, truly does bother me and it moves me. And I know that just my energy telling me, like, you got outside of your comfort zone in a way that's no longer, not even comfortable, but no longer you. And you need to move away. You need to come back into your being, come back into your wholeness and stick with yourself because there's someone for everybody. You don't always have to be cool with everything or okay with everything or flexible or take hits or deal with the bullshit. You don't have to be that person. You can definitely say like, mm, I'm good. I'm not doing that. Um, for example, like I said, my mother and I, we don't really have a relationship. My father and I do. Um, my brother and I don't have a relationship. My younger brother and I don't have a relationship. 
um, my older brother, I do my best to maintain our relationship. My sister and I have grown really close, yet we have had fallouts before, but we've come back together. Um, you know, my cousin and I are super close. You know, it just really just depends on the energies and the synergy and everything alike. And, you know, it, it varies. I mean, life events bring you together. Like I said, right now we're dealing with a death in the family. And so I'm engaging with a lot of family members, uh, which I don't want to speak to unless the, either there's a death or there's a big event. And it rubs me a little bit wrong because I know obviously the relationship could be both ways, but for the most part, it's kind of like, we're only doing this because of circumstances. We know that we don't genuinely have a relationship, um, but that's okay. Because like I said, I'm surrounded by love. I definitely have a great circle, a great dream team, and I do my best to engage with them and reach out to them and continue that relationship. Even though we're not physically able to see each other or be around from each other. And I also understand them and know them enough to know that just because I don't hear back from them the next day, doesn't mean they don't love me. doesn't mean they're not thinking of me. Don't doesn't mean maybe they have something else going on, you know? So it's very important that we all kind of restructure our brains when it comes to dealing with family trauma, understanding family trauma, where it stems from. If you have access, if you feel comfortable enough, if you feel as though you're able to handle that kind of conversation of why are you the way that you are with someone that, you know, maybe um, giving you that trauma or you're dealing with that trauma with, I wouldn't hesitate to identify where they're um, just where they're, you know, where, where they went wrong or where that trigger or that switch went off in their brains that really, really held them back or has now caused them to project themselves in this type of manner. It's, it's very enlightening. I know I've explored that with my mom on several occasions and, and just surged up several different types of trauma she's been through. And so it keeps me understanding. And in order to preserve the relationship and not let it become a sour one, I have my boundaries. I have my limits. I have the days where I'm like, I can't accept that. I'm this is the cutoff for the rest of the day because I know she may be drinking. Or with my dad, you know, I recognize okay, we're not completely at one so close, you know. So we'll do what we can to maintain the relationship and get to know each other and understand each other. But I know I can't necessarily completely lean on him when it comes to certain things. So you start to learn you know, how to manage these relationships. And it's really, that's what it's about when it comes to traumas, managing the relationships and also the damage that it does. And as much damage as you may have been through, please do not try to take that on and spew it out to someone else. Break that cycle, give yourself the help that you need in whatever shape it may be. It may be, it may be praying, it may be loving on yourself a little bit more. It may be reaching out to a therapist. It may be checking out resources, you know, getting familiar with this type of trauma and where it stems from and what it really means. It's so important to do the research, do your work to really understand what you're getting yourself into. So that way you can, you know, stop that cycle. And what I mean by that is, you know, it may mean that um, someone may be verbally abusive and very nasty to me and calling me all type of names. But then in my relationships, I like to gossip a lot and I like to throw shots at people and throw shade and all these different things. It's not exactly directly the same thing, but it's showing up indirectly. So, you know, I hope that this was useful and, you know, helpful to those of you listening. I know it's super short, but I really want to just get this out there. And I hope that everyone is staying safe and staying well and taking this very seriously. I can't wait to get back to normal or quote unquote, what is normal, but vote Black Lives Matter, take care of yourselves. And I look forward to 
chatting with y'all in my next episode.